Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Viva la raza! everyone and welcome to another edition of the hashtag Miranda show. I am your host. Well, I'm the Twitterless heroine, the ring announcer to the stars, and of course, the queen of soft style. My name is Miranda Morales and welcome. We are back to our regular format, the hashtag Miranda show. You may have listened to us last week when we did a super, super such good shit pal show. Uh, at the time, we thought it was numero seis. But however, Greg informed me that it was actually numero siete. So my apologies uh, for those of fans that we may have disappointed um, in the inaccuracy uh, of the super such good shit show pal uh, amigo. Uh, we should also throw that in there. Um, but you know what? Hey, we're back to this format. Um, and yeah, you can be listening and watching this show, which again, this is very exciting news. We are on week three of video recording the hashtag Miranda show, which is part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which is part of the Chairshot.com. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head. And yes, thechairshot.com is your destination for hard-hitting news analysis and opinions in professional wrestling. So make sure you check that out. And again, we are part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which means that we are part of, we have a home, we have a nice little cozy home. And all of these podcasts are in these little tiny rooms that are all themed. And you can go into this room and listen to amazing content, uh, most of it related to pro wrestling. Um, we have some sports ones, we have uh, some cool content in uh uh, other fandoms like a uh, bandwagon nerds that explores pop culture and nerd fandom. Uh, the hashtag Miranda show explores a lot of random things, uh, pro wrestling life, 
and pretty much that's 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 all I got is pro wrestling in life. Um, I don't know if y'all expected anything different, but that's that's all I got is those two things. Uh, but I'm I'm very excited for you to be listening and watching this show. Uh, but as you could probably tell, especially if you're looking at this on video and you see like, why is that guy not saying anything? Well, yes, that is that is my co-host, one of my very dear friends, Greg DeMarco. Not saying anything because no one was letting me say anything, but that's okay. I'm used to it by now. So that's, that's. Yeah, no, that, that's, I mean, not only is that just the dynamic of our friendship, that's also just how this show operates. I, you know, tell Greg what to do, when to do it, except with the buttons. I mean, he does have that free range because he, he has the buttons in front of him. I do. I can play them whenever I want to. You're welcome. He can, but within reason. We we really try and, and give him within I mean, reason. What's within reason, really? Like, define within reason. Well, I would say not over when any of us are talking. Maybe not consecutively. Uh, maybe not too much in a one-period span. Uh, maybe I like in a minute. Down so I don't forget. <laughs> yes, I yes. I feel like I do all these things. Yeah, I, maybe limit the Adam Cole stuff. Just that way, it doesn't lose its flair. Like if you play it too much, does it? Yeah. Is it? Does it have the same impact? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't decided. We'll find out though. Uh, I'm done for now. You're done for now. Uh, I'm. I am sure you are, dear friend. I'm sure you are. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a, a fun development that happened this week, and we just finished recording what was formerly known as Chair Shot Radio. Uh, however, Greg made the executive decision literally at the beginning of the show to go back to the original name of the Greg DeMarco show. So yeah. uh, I've lived that. I've lived through that now twice. I know Patrick O'Dowd, one of the co-hosts of uh, now known as the Greg DeMarco show, he's lived through it for many, many years. But now I have gone through two renamings of that show. And Greg, you you wondered why. You asked why did – first, you blamed Patrick and I. You blamed Patrick and I of, uh, of allowing you or or to to have you rename the show, even though it was your show to rename and you came up with renaming the show. Um, and you did warn us. I don't remember how long Chair Shot Radio ended up uh, lasting for, but I can't I can't say it was a, a huge amount of time. Maybe like six months, five, six months. Yeah. So we got we gotta do some new uh, visuals. We gotta do some new logos so that way well, I have uh, them. <laughs> that, well you just go back to the old logo, the I guess. Ones, yeah. So I'd yeah, actually like to take this opportunity to wish Greg DeMarco show best in all his future endeavors. <laughs> that stuff goes back like nine, ten years. Like it's just yes. No, I. We'll see if we'll see if Miranda comes back. She is frozen. So the the the. You're frozen. You were frozen. Completely frozen. There was nothing. You were. 
my internet connections is just like me, unstable. Did it tell you that? Did you get the Zoom yes, notification? Yes, Your internet yes. connection was unstable. Yes, it's not wow. going to appear in the video. The the just like they can't see our names. Well, they see names that I put into the the post production, but they won't see the internet connection is unstable. But yeah, you you were unstable for a minute there. It's okay. We just it's okay. It's hey, you know what? Speaking of, I feel like it's a new nickname, the unstable Miranda Morales. Yeah, um, it's kind of like the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but just not as funny and more yeah. sad and probably more true. But that's okay. That's okay <laughs> because you know what? You know what always makes me feel better, Greg, is um, you know telling telling uh, our listeners and our viewers where they can find. Uh, a way to support the chairshot.com by purchasing idea. some t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. It always makes me feel better. Do you, do you, do you mind? I, you know? I would, I know I would, I would, I would love it. Love it. I would yes. It. Well, for our viewers of this show, you can probably see Greg's background. He has hung up two t-shirts that you can purchase on prowrestlingtees.com. Both of them are always use your head really one of the main staples of the chairshot.com into different colors i myself i am wearing one of the favorite t-shirts of all uh, of the chairshot crew and that is the baron corbin sucks t-shirt so uh then now forever baron corbin sucks so if you agree if you like my shirt or maybe the shirts that greg has in his background you can go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to purchase your very own chair shot t-shirt uh shirts start at $19.99 however there is a sale happening July 1st through the 4th where you can get 20% off your order that means if you want to go and get yourself a little bit extra you want to get your shirt in soft style you absolutely can and you can save yourself some money uh, also available at thechairshot.com, a lot of great t-shirts like Chairshot Worldwide, uh, the official unofficial shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, which is hashtag save tag team wrestling, and of course my shirt, the queen of soft style. I will wear it one day. It is actually being altered. I took it to the tailors to get some special things done to it. So when it is good and ready, I will bring it out and I will show the world the hashtag queen of soft style t-shirt. But again, I mean... You got to wear something comfortable. You got to wear something nice and you can wear something that supports the chair shot. So again, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your chair shot t-shirt today. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. So question. I have a couple questions for you. Um, so many number questions. one, how long does it take to, to before you receive a shirt back from the tailor? So you're tailoring a t-shirt which some people are probably surprised by, but, but by now they shouldn't be. This has been a topic no. ever since we've been on video. How long do you have to wait to get a shirt back from the tailor? It depends because I usually will bring other items to get tailored. I actually took like five t-shirts there uh, to get altered. So right now I'm expecting to get it back uh, probably in two weeks. Um, so could, uh, on average it's about two weeks, but depending on how many items I bring and how busy they can be, it could take, uh, sometimes up to three. Wow. Okay. Longer than I expected, but that's, that's quite all right. How much does it cost to tailor a t-shirt? 
It depends on where you go. I go to a small place uh, near my house. It's a small local business. So they do charge a little bit more, I would say, but it, I don't mind because the quality is really good. Um, the cost is $10. Um, so half the price of a shirt. Yes, yes. I do that because of the fact that I cannot do it myself. Uh, I've done, I've ripped up some t-shirts. I've done a few things and it's okay. But usually after two wears, then it completely will, you know, uh, fall apart. So, and it also means altering not only the length, but the neckline. So they do multiple things to it um, for that cost. So it's, it's, you know, not too bad. And I don't, me personally, I don't mind. I don't do it to very many shirts that I have, but the ones that I want to just add, you know, a little flair to or be a little bit more comfortable, uh, I, I will invest in alterations. It, it's a consideration of mine, believe it or not, because of different articles of clothing that I can't really wear anymore or want to be able to. Yeah, it's just it's just something I thought about for different reasons. Yeah. That I won't go into. Hey, your that's OK. You, it, it's. You know, it, yeah, sometimes it can be just as much. I've spent more money on altering items than what I actually paid for it. But, you know, for me, it, yeah, it's, it's important. I want to, you know, if I really like a piece of clothing, I'll spend the money to uh, keep it and get it altered than to let it go and, you know, either donate it or sell it or something like that. If, if I really like an item, I will invest the money in it. And so that's how much I too love all of the chair shot shirts. This one, Baron Corbin sucks hasn't, has not been altered. It is in, in its original form. It is soft style. So it is very comfortable. Uh, I will usually wear it this uh, around the house or to work out um, just depending on uh, the, uh, the opportunity. Do you find that shirts last longer? If altered, or do you just care for them better because they're altered? Uh, probably a little bit of both. So I would say uh, they probably last a little bit longer if I'm get it cut. So if I'm not doing the cutting, they last longer because they're, they're actually then kind of rehemming the edges and and all of that. So that way uh, things don't fray. So I do feel like they last a little bit longer, and I'm more mindful of that when I'm washing them. So that way uh, the quality is still there with all of the stitching. This is the thing about asking questions is answers lead to more questions. So final question, have you ever altered a shirt or an article of clothing kind of as a last ditch effort to keep it? Like maybe this is in poor condition, you know, the, the, the edges are going bad, but if I get it altered, the new, there'll be new stitching and all that. Like, has it ever been done to preserve something that maybe otherwise you realize this isn't going to last if I don't do this? I have not. No, I, I would say I've only really done it for newer, newer items of clothing. It, I will wear things out to like they are done. I, I am the type of person if I have a piece of clothing that I love, I will keep it in my closet for as long as possible. And sometimes uh, I'll, they'll last and I'll be able to reuse it. And sometimes I'm more careful about wearing them where I won't wear them as, as much as I used to. Um, but there's usually a time then at that point, if I'm worn it too much um, that I just end up usually donating it or getting rid of it, 
I don't really sell items of clothing. It's a lot of work to try and do that. But uh, I've seen people do that where they will, in kind of a last ditch effort, get something altered in order to salvage it so so that they can keep it. And I can totally understand um, in cases like that. It's just not something that I do personally, um, because usually if it's pretty worn, like it, it's not going to to last that much longer or the utilization of it changes as well. So maybe something that I used to wear frequently for going out uh, or more out and about will convert into gym clothes. Right. So it just lives another life in another way. Short side story that we won't go into long form, at least not on the air. I got rid of 46 shirts over the weekend. 46 shirts. How did you, so you counted every single shirt you got rid of. I actually counted the hangers when I was done. Oh, okay. I I, after I was done, I was I was like, God, that's a lot of fucking hangers. And so I counted them up, and there were forty six hangers. Um, so it might actually be forty seven shirts. I think I broke a hanger in the process, so it might actually be forty seven. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. And and why did you get rid of these shirts? They don't fit. They don't fit. Yeah, they're 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 done for. There's no no more use for them, and they won't ever fit again. if if you um. That's my promise. So, yeah, they're gone. Whole big pile of shirts. No more. 46 of them. Dang. And, and where do these shirts go? Were some of these usable? Did you donate? Did you I haven't share? I haven't taken them anywhere yet. <laughs> so they're still here. And, and, and um, well, see, when things shut down uh, again the other day, I, I thought about actually using them. I thought about purchasing um, an unfilled heavy bag and using them to stuff said heavy bag. Cause that's what, if you ever open up a heavy bag, some of them do have t-shirts and stuff in them, um, or a medicine ball. I thought about using them for, for that purpose, but now with things reopening up again, or at least my gym reopening up again, maybe I won't need to do that. But, um, I thought <laughs> not, about repurposing you're not going to go into survival mode for your workouts right? and just start exactly. <laughs> Make a heavy bag because you can actually buy unfilled heavy bags. Then you got to fill them with something. And old shirts is something that old T-shirts is something that I've seen people use for. Uh, so at this point, they'll probably get donated. Typically, I donate. I just take my clothes to Goodwill or, or something like that, and I usually will will donate them. So if you see someone randomly walking around in a, a chair shot shirt that looks too big for me to wear, it's because they got it from Goodwill. Because I'm getting rid of those. Oh, too. hey, you I know, don't, so those of you. If it's, if it's too big and, it, and doesn't fit yeah. me anymore, I don't want it. So, yeah. In Arizona, great. I'm trying to sell new t-shirts here. Now you're telling someone that they can go to Goodwill and get their own chair shot t-shirt. I there. mean, they can get like one of four or five of them, but they should really get their own. The people who would buy their shirt probably will, will it, it, maybe it will hope to get in a new reader or listener when they see this shirt. That's true. Goodwill. It's just, well, it's, know, it's, 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 it's a guerrilla marketing campaign that I'm starting, Miranda. It's a guerrilla marketing campaign. So smart. Congratulations. That's really, really good. You should put in like a little message. So like, you know, sew something in there. Like, oh, if you have this shirt. But I can't sew and then I have to take it to the alteration place. And that costs $10. So I've heard. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend $10 to then donate a shirt. Hey, you got to spend money to make money, Greg. That's what guerrilla marketing is all about. Yeah, but there's there's spending money and then there's not smart ways of spending money. And I feel like that crosses the line. That's feel true. like okay. Then just use like a marker or something, permanent marker. Maybe uh, that okay. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll work we'll work it out. Yes, um, and you know what? Speaking about grill marketing, and it's not gorilla because these are all important plugs uh, for the website. Uh, as you said, and you know what? I'm going to steal it. 
played some you know, music. Patrick O'Dev, he, he says it all the time on Bandwagon Nerds, and I'm going to steal it uh, because he's uh, pretty funny. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and pay some bills, Greg. Let's plug some of our sponsors. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, okay, but I'm ready for it now. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. That's powerslam.tv, promo code CHAIRSHOT to get your free month. It's only 6 bucks a month and you get over 150 of your favorite promotions. And Combat Zone Wrestling. I'm looking at you, Combat Zone Wrestling. You trained Adam Cole. You've done Basically nothing else. <laughs> so it doesn't make me You've done nothing else with your life. Yes, yeah, so you've been around for like 20 years. You've done nothing else. Powerslam.tv. Promo code chair shot. Get a free month. Powerslam.tv. Promo code chair shot. And hey, people, wear your damn masks. Lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic. The Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. That, that's awesome. that should be included with that promo. Like, you just... Tell Kevin to you're going to re-record it. You're going to start it off by saying "Wear your damn masks," and right. then it's going to go I'm reference my Facebook post from from yesterday that that everyone loves so yes. much. Where I basically said, well, I, I, "I said what people they, they're trying to build up their immunity," and I said, "I hope you're building up your bone density because if I see you're not wearing a mask, I'm going to punch you in the damn face." But that's just because I was hey. mad that my gym closed. Now that my gym's opened up again, I don't think I'll punch. He's fine again, face. everyone. He's I'll fine. Still He's judge not going to punch anybody. I, I'm still judging the non-mask wearers. Oh, of course you judge people. It's, it's really one of your hobbies. Yeah, I mean that's why I have Maurice, the judgmental meerkat. Uh, who's this is his video debut. He's been on shows before, but never on. Oh, uh, welcome, Maurice. He doesn't speak, so he just judges you. He judges oh, you. Oh, well, well, you know, he's he's a lovely meerkat. Thank you, yeah. thank you for coming on, Maurice. Gift, gift, many years ago. From my daughter. Um, but no, I don't know because it was a tweet that I put out. And I know sometimes you monitor the Twitter and sometimes you don't. 
But uh, what did I, I – it said something else about punching people in the face or people not wearing masks. Now I don't remember what it is. I, I, have, to do, I have to do some research. On, yeah, and, uh, go go back into to your records to see uh, what what the tweet was about, and I'll provide some context for those uh, who may not be aware. Greg and I live in State Forty Eight, the great state of Arizona, who yesterday declared that they are reclosing some businesses due to continued COVID nineteen outbreaks. Uh, we have seen an increase uh, in reported cases of COVID-19 as well as COVID-19 related deaths. So yesterday, the governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey, uh, Douglas, does he think he goes by Douglas at all? Or is he just Doug? Uh, did you say Douglas or dumbass? Uh, I said Douglas. Uh, I also agree with dumbass because, you know, I, I'm not a I'm not There's a personal reasons. fan of his, but that's also just because I feel like he is so biased where he loves his little area of Phoenix and Scottsdale and he doesn't give a crap about the rest of the state. But that is also, you know, from a girl who grew up in Yuma, who lives in Tucson, who most of the state of Arizona barely recognizes. So I have my own. Like for as much as I make fun of Tucson, I probably recognize it more than most. Yes. Solely because of you. If you weren't there, I, I probably uh, fall thank into you. That yes, category. yes. Uh, but you know, uh, and he's a, pr- a pretty big ASU fan, from what I understand. I think he went to ASU, yeah. so I automatically. I'm, I'm the worst ASU alum ever. Like I really don't give two shits about it whatsoever. No, I, no, that's the perfect ASU alum. Congrats for you. No, well, because it's it's not you know I, I showed everybody. During it's not time. really. I know. I am a hokey who went to Virginia Tech. No, ASU was the absolutely. Absolutely, my my primary school. You know. Uh, undergrad, you know, U of A, right. rep in the A. Uh, grad was NAU, Northern Arizona University. So all it just proves is I'm not going to touch ASU with a stick. No, uh, which is fine. Yeah. I don't know that you should. No. I really don't. Yeah, I found no, the tweet, I'll, by I'll, the way. I found the tweet. <laughs> I'm actually really proud of this one, too. It says, wear your damn masks, period. Wear your damn mask. And it says, seriously, I am done with all of you non-mask wearers. Go back to believing the earth is flat where you belong. <laughs> Wear your damn mask, uh, as as per Greg Demarco. Uh, that's that's you know. I I also agree. I don't think it hurts. I'm sure there's so much out there of people who are fighting wearing the masks, who believe mask wearing masks is not helpful. You know what whatever it is, I just, I don't personally think it's that harmful to right. wear your mask, even if you do not believe in the transmittal of the disease uh, or that it doesn't protect you personally, it can protect other people. And, and that's a risk I'm totally willing to take. You know, uh, I don't mind wearing a mask for other people to, to be safe and to feel safe. Um, so I, I, I don't personally get why they're, you know, so up in arms, but this was also the first time that the governor actually openly stated to people to wear masks. Um, that's a funny thing is that you put the state under quarantine for, you know, 30 days, you put all these measures in place, but yet you don't tell people to wear masks. So I get why people felt like there was mixed signals, but I always say it's very bad. We're in the wild, wild west, like literally in the wild, wild west. So people just continue to do what they want. But uh, yes, Governor Ducey did put um, uh, an order to close specific businesses for 30 days, starting at 8 p.m. on June 29th. Um, So there wasn't a lot of head notice, barely notice given to the public about it. Probably like five hours notice um, that a lot of these businesses were closing, which I do agree is fairly irresponsible. Um, At least previously when uh, a closed notice happened, there was at least 
at least a day, if not more, I believe several days uh, notice. But in that closure notice, um, certain recreational uh, practices or uh, areas were ordered to close, including any areas that had tubing or pools. Um, and then uh, bars were asked to close, movie theaters to be closed, even though they've been closed for the most part. Um, maybe there's a few, but most of them have been closed and gyms. So as soon as Greg heard the gyms were being closed, the man went at it on social media. I did. He he went at it. But his gym is going to remain open, which is great. Uh, My gym in Tucson, as far as I know, will remain closed. However, we are going to be doing some outdoor activities, uh, some outdoor workouts. So I'm actually I'm fine with that. I I don't mind that at all. Uh, As as our coach has said, she said, we're going to work on fat burning for the next 30 days. So I don't think I'll burn much of anything because I'll eat it all up again. (laughs) However, uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's one thing I did appreciate over the first 30 days is being adaptable and, uh, you know, continuing commitment to whatever makes you happy. Um, in this case, you know, fitness is something that both Greg and I, uh, do and, and are committed to in our own ways. Um, and for me, structure is big. So I don't mind if I'm indoors or outdoors, as long as I have a structure, uh, of a class of, you know, a qualified trainer, you know, I can make it work. So yes, I, I will be, uh, doing that. And it's actually closer to my house. So I'm actually happy about that. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny because when house. the closure happened yesterday, when we're recording this anyway, everyone was like, there's stuff you can do and, and you have stuff at home. And there's plenty you can do. And it's just, yes, I can, but it's not the same. At all. Absolutely. Like I, I've learned that I've, I've literally Monday was my 30th workout at the CrossFit place. It's five a week, except for the week with Memorial Day when I only went there four times. And so after 30, it was just like, I know the difference having the equipment there, having the structure, having someone else develop a week long plan that works everything. And, and it's never the same. It's never routine. In fact, it's written on the walls that routine is the enemy. And it's, it's, yeah. Not having that even for a day like I was fuming. Funny story, though, in, in the Facebook post that I made, um, someone noted that they were in the Northeast and, and, and therefore it wasn't an issue. But they have a 95-year-old grandfather who lives in Tucson and, and yeah. says, so yes, please, if someone's not wearing a mask, punch them in the face. I, however, not going to Tucson. So I pass that responsibility on to Miranda and her newfound boxing skills. So. That is. Uh, Those are also true facts. Yes, I've been practicing boxing. That is something I don't think I would have done, honestly, if it wasn't for this uh, COVID situation. It was something that was recommended to me by my trainer. And so I've been just practicing it just one day a week uh, for about the past month or so. And it's been a lot of fun. And I have a solid uppercut. So don't. How about that? How about you don't? And then that way you don't have to experience my uppercut. That's probably I've been told it's it's solid. I've been told it's really good and it's only getting better. So that's that's how it works. Um so on to wrestling, because this podcast actually talks about pro wrestling. I know. Shocking. Shocking. Uh but tonight's topic is going to be something that's gonna be happening for the next two weeks with both AEW and NXT. We're going to talk a little bit of the Wednesday Night Wars. Now, 
I've also felt like, you know, there was a lot of hype and hoopla back in the fall on the Wednesday Night Wars. And here we are. Gosh, how many months? Uh, October, November, December, January, March, April, May, you know, uh, eight, eight, Ocho. nine months. Spanish lesson. Yes. Ocho, ocho meses uh, from the uh, initial uh, episodes of, of the Monday, uh, Wednesday Night Wars. And here we are with uh, both shows pr- producing uh, two weeks of, you know, uh, two week shows um, uh, for the week of for July 1st and July 8th. So we're going to talk a bit about those two shows, talk about some of the similarities and the cards, the matches and things like that. But something that we just really haven't touched on uh, in a while. Do you think, Greg, it's because we've gotten so used to the Wednesday Night Wars that that initial launch, everyone had their eyes just their their eyes so laser focused on it. But now that we've had eight months of this, we've kind of seen uh, the ratings stay fairly consistent for both programs. So do you believe people have just not been as interested in that dynamic as, as much as they used to be? Um, it's really hard to say. It's a great question. It's hard to say because of COVID, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know where we'd be right now if if this wasn't the case if we had fans in the stands if nxt was taken on the road at some point which i know was talked about and and even if they weren't fully on the road i think at some point we would have seen nxt episodes broadcast live from uh ucf in orlando where they've done it before or even more on the road and outside the state of florida who knows but none of that could be done because of of the coronavirus it's i think it's it's hard because it's like it's aew versus wwe's third brand not versus raw or smackdown and and even then they still sometimes lose. They they suffered their biggest loss to NXT last week, I believe, in terms of the the, the viewership percentage. So it's I, I think people I also think people like both brands, which is a, a big part of it too. Like with the Monday Night Wars, you hated one and loved the other for a lot of people, and, and you chose sides because there's so much great talent on both brands. I don't think people want to pick sides, and and not only that, but you know it's not 1997 anymore. You can watch both so easily, you know, in 1997, yeah. like you had to program the effing VCR and, and, and do that. And, and who wants to do that now? You might not even need to set the DVR. It might automatically be recording. NXT is available on demand on the network within 48 hours. Uh, so you could watch AEW and then go back and watch NXT. I have YouTube TV. I record them both and can watch them at my leisure. I can fast forward the commercials. There's, there's just so many different ways to watch them. So it's hard for it to be a war when they're just so readily available. And, and even some of the viewership patterns after the fact with the plus threes can even count in the ratings. So yeah, it's just some of it I think is the COVID, the coronavirus. I think some of it is just how we consume television now is so different that it takes away from the warring aspect of the two. Um, so I think maybe the, the it being the Wednesday night war, I, I think you could say it's underdelivered a little bit on being an actual war, but that's just because mm-hmm. of how we consume products now. Yeah, and I, I agree with what you mentioned on being fans of both. There was true purists when you think about the Monday Night Wars of pure WCW fans and pure WWF fans. Um, and it was, uh, I think people could like both, but they were 
really more dedicated and loyal to one or the other. Whereas I do believe that there's probably some loyalists to AEW and some directly to NXT, but the majority of fans like both uh, because both programs really do tailor to wrestling fans, not necessarily sports entertainment fans like you have for Raw and SmackDown. So, um, and you're absolutely right about the ease of being able to watch both. You have even just being able to watch things on the internet and being able to watch reactions and being able to, uh, to flip between channels or DVR, whatever it is, it's so much easier to watch both programs. And so I do feel like that's probably this idea of a war has lost a little bit of its luster. Um, But also I think fans are realizing it's absolutely okay to like both and companies are realizing it's okay to, to like both. But that does also lead me to the format that we have over the next two weeks As I mentioned, both have these two night events happening, uh, July 1st and July 8th. Uh, AEW Fighter Fest is the first one I'll talk about. They announced this first. They took the concept of Fighter Fest, which was a pay-per-view last year, their second one after Double or Nothing, and they broke it up into two nights. So this is spanning over two nights of what would normally be AEW Dynamite. Um, and they have already announced their two weeks of content as far as the matches lined up. And then NXT uh, announced not too long ago, uh, it was on June 24th, that they announced that they were taking the concept of the Great American Bash and incorporating it into a two-week special. So that leads to believe, I mean, come on, Greg, the the... The stars are aligning in such a way where you do have to believe that a that NXT was intentional in putting together the Great American Bash as some counter programming for AEW. Oh, of course, uh, why, and why wouldn't you? I mean, counter programming is what WWE and AEW and WCW and anybody else have done in, in the past, and and it's hard for AEW to counter program because they're so young, but they'll get to that point too where they're counter programming and and. I think they're resisting right now because Cody's called out the counter programming and so he's not going to want to do it, but they'll do it. But it's absolutely counter programming, but we all benefit from it. We're, we're getting a better yeah. product because of the counter programming. And remember, this is what we wanted. We wanted a war and then, you know, and then we get it and people are complaining about it. Like this is, and I don't think that many people are really complaining about it this time around. They did in the past back when that takeover Cardiff that I talked about on the Greg DeMarco show was counter programming for AEW and, and, and it was a great event. And, and that was a great day for wrestling overall last August, but it, it's counter programming, but we should, this is, this is the closest we're ever going to get to a war. We should relish in the fact that it's counter programming. We should be glad that, that WWE feels like AEW is important enough to counter program. Now they're not counter programming with Raw or SmackDown. They're counter programming with NXT, but you should be proud as an NXT fan that I am that they're counter programming. Plus, I think just like in your house was really good for NXT. I think the great American bash is really good for NXT. I really love these old, and, and you're probably going to get there, but I love the concept of using these, repurposing them for NXT and doing it to counter program AEW just that much better. Yeah. No, it's a very good point about uh, 
what we were just talking about, there was this uh, illustrious, this looming war that we thought we were going to get. And the first few months, yes, everyone was watching the ratings every single week and every little detail that the companies were doing and how they may be doing counter programming within the specific programs. But you're absolutely right. This is really the first wide attempt of counter programming. We've seen that with matches and kind of the match cards uh, or match card placement uh, between the shows. Um, And when one ends up doing a no commercial match and okay, next week, another one does, but this is truly at the core two pro two, two companies producing um, similar formats. Uh, But as we'll discuss, the cards are very different. And I think that's what's really going to draw fans. And that may be the deciding factor for some fans of what they, they decide to invest their time in. So night one of Fighter Fest is happening July 1st, this Wednesday. And I'm not going to go over the entire card, but right now there are five matches announced. Um, there are three championship matches announced for this uh, show. Uh, the women's AEW Women's Championship match, Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford. The TNT Championship match with Cody versus Jake Hager. And then the tag team uh, titles are up on the line. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. So that is already a lot of of gold um, or silver, I guess, if you're still looking at the TNT Championship. Did they ever fix that belt? I'm not going to lie. It's talk about under-delivering. The TNT Championship is just, they need a full-on redo of that thing. Full on reading. I think they were it's, going for the old NWA television championship feel because yeah. everybody loves that belt so much. And look, sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes you throw spaghetti against the wall and it just doesn't stick. And this one didn't stick. And I'm sure they'll replace it at some point. And I won't criticize them for it. I think it's a smart move to replace it. I think it's necessary to replace yeah. it because it looks like <laughs> shit. So replace it. Yes. Hey, you you heard the man. So one thing I look at this card, I'm seeing a huge emphasis in tag team matches because you do have the tag team titles on the line. You also have Jurassic Express uh, versus MJF and Wardlow and Private Party versus Santana on Ortiz. I'm particularly excited about Private Party versus Santana on Ortiz. Um, I really like Private Party. I really thought when they were brought into AEW, they were going to be that fresh blood into the tag team division. Um, You saw that during the tag team championship tournament. Um, how they were really being treated as, you know, the future. And they've kind of just been swept under the rug. One thing I've admitted about what I haven't been truly fond of in AEW is the tag team division. They really built it high. And that that was my expectation. You have the Young Bucks who are one of the best tag teams in the entire world, really helping leading this, really helping bringing in tag teams uh, from all over and planning and developing this division. And I just feel like it's been a little underwhelming when it comes to the new blood, I I would say. Now, I do like how the best friends have been elevated to be the number one contenders uh, for the tag team titles. I just have not been a big fan of Kenny Omega and Adam Page holding these titles for as long as they have. For a team that was kind of cobbled together, they their title reign has has passed my expectations and not necessarily in a good way. Um, they're fine as a team, but I just don't think that they've been they should have held these titles for as long as they have. I do believe that they should go back to being with a actual tag team. So um, maybe the best friends pull it off. I think that they've uh, especially over the past few weeks. Have, have been built up as a great tag team. And I know I'm jumping all over the place, but that's just that's just the way that this rolls. Uh, but it all has a purpose. Um, 
But uh, that's why it makes me more excited about Private Party and Santana Ortiz. Also a huge fan of Santana Ortiz. I believe that they are one of the most consistent parts about Dynamite every single week. I've loved their involvement in the inner circle. And I believe that that has done wonders for, for their career, just that visibility. However, they don't necessarily need to be part of the inner circle. I mean, that they are a core team. They've been reliable. They have been able to, to come through and not only be entertaining, but serious. And that, I think, is a hard dynamic to, to, uh, to teeter the line. When you can have funny skits and vignettes and promos, but yet you can be badass in the ring. And I love them for that. So uh, I feel like that match is going to be very entertaining. Um, Jurassic Express and MJF and Wardlow, uh, I feel it's just a continuance of what we saw at Double or Nothing with MJF and Jungle Boy. That match in particular really surprised me. I did not expect to like that match as much as it did as I did. And so anytime those two have any potential to be in the ring, it gets me very excited. But I know that this match in particular is just continuing to tell part of that story between Jungle Boy and MJF, which is uh, you know, totally, totally fine. But that's the one big thing I noticed from uh, the start of this card is pretty heavy on tag team uh, matchups. Yeah, both cards. It's interesting. You talked about the, the tag teams, and, and I agree fully with what you said about Hangman Page and Kenny Omega being the tag team champions. I counted up. There are 12 tag teams involved between the two different weeks of Fighter Fest, and 10 of them are full-time tag teams. Plus, you've got Kenny Omega and Adam Page, and you've got MGF and Wardlow, who are not full-time tag teams. And it, it is really interesting that they push their tag team division so heavily, and then the titles are held by a non-tag team. And I agree with you. They should have been short-term champions, or not champions at all. Who knows? Um, and, and, you know, I love SCU, and I don't know that they necessarily had to lose them when they did. And, of course, now you've got, you know, the, the FTR, the greatest tag team in the world, on the roster as well, but it's just interesting to me that that they they do hold hold those championships. I you talked about Santana and Ortiz, and I, I want to go there briefly. I still wish they had gone to NXT. I really do. Oh, only because and it's not a knock on AEW. I don't think they're a bad fit in AEW. I just think they would get more opportunity on NXT. Like the NXT tag team division has just been completely ravaged by folks going over to, to NXT or to, to raw or SmackDown and, and team splitting up as we saw. And of course, people being overseas, not able to come back. Those guys would be tearing up on a weekly basis right now on NXT. And I think that for their, you know, in their careers in general, look, you make your decision, you'd be happy, whatever. It's fine. But I honestly think we'd be getting more Santana and Ortiz in bigger, higher-profile matches if they were in NXT. And I don't think I believe that when they signed. I think hindsight's twenty twenty on that. And, and I think that, which I guess we can't really use that phrase anymore now, 2020 sucks. But I, uh, Damn, I, I do think that that's the one that, that I really wish. That that and The Butcher and the Blade. I mean, when they debuted, it was so exciting when they debuted. And now they're just in that eight-man tag team match to take the fall. So it's oh, yeah. it's just interesting what's happened to them because they debuted in a major spot with Cody and it's been all all downhill from there. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective about Santana and Ortiz because what they probably are not getting match-wise, they are getting invisibility with being part of the inner circle and uh, I think that that that's at a very different level than what I think they would get at NXT. Um and NXT would be such a good platform for them as a tag team, but we've also seen, you know, Tag teams in NXT don't last forever. I mean, even when they transition to Raw or SmackDown, 
you know, either they don't last or they get put into a position where they're just more a mockery. Um, and, and I would say probably the only exception to that rule currently is the Street Profits, only because I feel like they've gotten better since moving from NXT to Raw. But a lot of other teams that used to be on NXT um, and when they moved to a- another brand just fell flat or get lost into the shuffle. So in that big picture wise, they may have had a good run in NXT, but eventually, and they would have moved into another brand, they would have gotten lost in into the shuffle. So, you know, hindsight is absolutely 2020, but I also believe that there's going to be a trade-off in different ways. Um, And I do think that hopefully they get more of that tag team opportunity uh, in the future with AEW. If not, it's a complete absolute waste. I believe that they're going to be future champions. They should, or else what are you doing this for? Like, what are you doing this for? Like, that's my clap of the week for AEW. Like, what are you doing this for? If you don't give them uh, the tag titles eventually. Uh, But it's a really good observation. We will uh, go into night two, uh, shortly but a lot of tag team action happening um to be honest real i'm not super into cody and jake hager I, it just isn't working i mean we saw ricky starks uh part of that open challenge a few weeks ago and i loved that loved that loved that it was a, a perfect way to introduce him and a perfect utilization of the open challenge. But this buildup with Jake Hager just feels very forced and it's not something I'm totally into. And then Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford. Um, I mean, this is also something that uh, I, I think Hikaru Shida has been a really good champion in just a short amount of time. I think she's a very credible champion right now too. Uh, the women's division doesn't have a lot of depth. We talked about this when we were previewing Double or Nothing. So it's not surprising that this is the direction that they go in. I think it's a great opportunity for Penelope really, but we also know how this is going to end. So no surprise there. No, I mean, I, I don't. Ex- we knew yeah. how it was going to end a double or nothing and we were wrong. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. But uh, at, at the same time, um, you know, they're, they're doing the best that they can with their women's division. I think it's a great opportunity for Penelope. And hopefully this is a stepping stone for her to have some bigger matchups. And, and not to say this isn't big. This is definitely the biggest of her career. But to actually build her more as a credible threat. Because right now we're going into this. Of, you know, we know Hikaru is, is going to, to come out victorious. Um, it could be competitive. It could be entertaining. But I also think a lot of people keep their hopes somewhat mediocre right now for it and it's understandable so uh but uh, i'm just i'm glad it's on the card uh and i'm glad it's also a singles match because i've gotten a little worn down from multi-women matches yeah uh, again i have to say that i i they're they're not i mean they're good matches and it's a good way to to bring in more people uh into the forefront however i think it loses its wear when you do them every single week Oh, I agree. I agree fully. I think th- it's a major match for Penelope Ford uh, with Hikaru Shida because I think she has to deliver to be taken seriously as a wrestler versus as a character and as somebody who's going to show up and, and be, you know, 
eye candy, which is not the right phrase for her at this point, but that's what I think a lot of people view her as and the role they think she's being used at, even though she isn't. So I think it's a big, big opportunity for her. And it's a huge platform for Akari Shida on national television, defending her championship in what I think is going to be a very, very entertaining match. So yeah, I'm down. I'm down with that. And and I am glad that it's a one-on-one match. I do think that the champion needs to be in a one-on-one match, especially in this environment. Well, on the other side of the, of the coin, NXT is going to be bringing us night one of the Great American Bash. And I think the women's matches are going to be the strength of this night. We have right now one, two, three, four, five matches announced for night one of the Great American Bash. And three of them are women's matches. So again, whereas uh, AEW is fairly heavy on the tag team, uh, NXT is relying and really uh, one of the greatest strengths that they have in all of pro wrestling is their women's division. One of the best in all of pro wrestling. Um, one that, you know, I guess I'll, I'll go kind of my rankings as to what I think will be my, my least to most favorite uh, Aaliyah and Robert Stone versus Rhea Ripley that I was very surprised that it even became a thing, but you know what? I actually kind of like seeing some comedic side to Rhea Ripley. We she's coming off a very serious uh, program with not only Charlotte Flair, but Io Shirai. So to add maybe a little humor to her um, with this dynamic with Aaliyah and Robert Stone. And you know what? I want to commend Aaliyah has been on the NXT roster for a long time. And for her to finally be getting this opportunity to be on TV, I know must mean a lot. And by this, I mean years that she's been on on the NXT roster. Years. So I'm very happy for her that she is getting this platform to to be on TV. Should have been released. In all honesty, like like she was not. Yeah, that you're kind of but... surprised. Like, look, let, let's just be honest. Like, she's still on the roster. When you've seen people that they love go. Yeah, it's like she's got info on somebody. She's got something on somebody. But it's paid off in the end because now she is entertaining and I think it's clicked for her and it's working and she's still got plenty of years left to go. And so I'm down. I'm down 100% and I'm glad that she's getting the opportunity that she's getting. And Robert Stone, you know, as much as as I thought he and Chelsea Green were a great combination if she's headed off to Raw or SmackDown, then I think he is now in a position to elevate somebody like Aaliyah. So, um I think this match is going to be fun. I think it's it's a good undercard match on what's basically two back-to-back takeover shows. Yes. And then we have a four-way elimination match to crown I, a new uh, number one contender. I thought of something, and, and I want to go back to it. What if this actually ends in some kind of Robert Stone, Rhea Ripley thing? Like, like what if well, they Well, that, that's part of the stipulation. So if, uh, if she loses, Rhea must join the Robert Stone brand. So I, I have a feeling that somehow that may happen like because what if, why would they what if somehow that Aaliyah pulls off the upset, right? And, and, and scores a pin on Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley has to join the Robert Stone brand. And then Robert Stone promptly fires Aaliyah because now he has Rhea Ripley completely oh, yeah. going full circle on what Chelsea Green did to him. I mean, this is. This, There's this some good storytelling that could happen here. Good storytelling that could happen here. I, I you're, you may be onto something. And who knew something like this would have been a, as uh, entertaining? Like I said, I wasn't pretty sold on it. I still kind of not. But you know what? I love all of all sides to the story, though. I appreciate what they're doing with this, so I I can't help but not watch. 
going into uh, another match for uh, the Great American Bash is an elimination match to crown the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. You have Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai versus Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim. And I mean, like this, I mean, this is a multi-woman match, though, that you expect great things out of. Um, we've seen them in tag action back in, in your house. And now uh, all of these women are, are coming um, together to to see who's going to be the new number one contender. So uh, I, I'm i I'm just really excited for this match. It's actually hard for me to figure who I want to win because I have some investment in a little bit of everyone. I've loved this evolution of Dakota Kai and with Raquel Gonzalez at her side, like that is a just a vicious duo. So I believe that Raquel's probably going to have some involvement in this match. Um, you know, the, the the turn for Candice LeRae has been one that it's it's taken a while for me to 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 grow on me, but you know, I think it's well needed to explore this side of her and you know, to see where this takes her in her career. Mia Yim is just fantastic. She truly is. And she's had some really good opportunities already um, against Rhea Ripley. But um, in this case with, with Io Shirai, I mean, she could be a really formidable competitor. Like someone out of all of the, the people in this match, when I see someone who can truly go toe-to-toe with um, Io Shirai, Mia Yim is the first one that comes to mind. Um, and then you have Tegan Knox as the strong face in this. So there's there's lots of dynamics and, and shades here that make this match very interesting. It's interesting, though, because it's – so I I have a feeling whoever wins this is getting their title shot the following week um, as, as we go into week two of the Great American Bash. And to me, that screams Dakota Kai. I, I think Candice LeRae and Io Shirai is, is a program that they can work long term. Uh, especially with, you know, Candace now working heel and, and EO basically being a baby face all of a sudden, uh, cause she was a heel and now, and, and the way I always tell if someone's a baby face or not is the picture they use with them. And if you look at the graphic for, for EO Shirai versus Sasha Banks, like Sasha's got the mean face and EO's all smiles all of a sudden. Remember when TakeOver had Tegan Knox and, and Dakota Kai and I sent you the picture? And Tegan looked like the baby or the heel and Dakota looked like the baby face. And I was like, what's wrong with this? And you pinpointed it. And then like two days later, they changed the picture so that Dakota suddenly looked like a heel. Like, it's just, it's weird. And and they can literally, you look at this and you think Dakota, you know, that EO is the baby face, even though she isn't. Um, but I do think it, it, I don't see, um, I don't see Dakota Kai in the title picture for a long period of time right now. I still feel like the feud with Tegan Knox isn't over yet because they're still intertwined and so maybe we'll get that on the next proper takeover but to me it just is a good opportunity to get tegan or to get dakota kai a title shot and eo shirai another big victory yeah and like you said she's got she's got backup to to be able to pull off the win and not hurt anybody else in the match yeah, and uh, like I said, I it's, it's really good points about uh, Dakota, and that could really be a, a perfect match to set up for the following week. Um, and yeah, Eo's now the the baby face of NXT, the NXT Women's Division. So I think out of all of the other heels, especially say a Candice, uh, Lorraine, and, and Dakota, out of those two being the heels of the match, uh, Dakota seems like it's it's a better fit. Um, but any of those competitors, whether it's a one-off or a full program, those would be entertaining matches. And speaking of the NXT Women's Champion, we have uh, 
Io Shirai, who will be facing uh, one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Sasha Banks. So, I I mean, I can't imagine this is going to, to headline that, that night one Probably. of the show. This it is should. going to, to headline that. And it should. And it should. And that's a big thing with NXT. The things that they do in subtle ways that you look at a card and maybe you, you feel a little underwhelmed because of things, you know, maybe some names don't pop out at you or matches pop out at you. But the card placement for them has been something they have always done very well and when you have i'm sure in this case uh for fighter fest probably the tag champions uh the tag team championships who are probably going to headline uh maybe cody i don't know probably cody it's cody probably cody lol cody main events lol cody cody main event uh I trust me, if i have those two main events io shirai and sasha banks versus cody and and jake i'm i'm gonna watch sasha and io like that's a no-brainer. We don't need to see Cody Rhodes versus Jack Swagger main eventing anything. Like, again, <laughs> this is the mistake that AEW keeps making. I can't see anything but Jack Swagger. Again, on a pay-per-view, you know, back earlier in the year, they had Goldust versus Jack Swagger as a pay-per-view match. And now it's Cody Rhodes. It's dashing Cody Rhodes versus Jack Swagger. Like, it just doesn't strike me as a, as a main event-worthy match. But it's Cody. It's going to main event. Yeah. And... We have frozen Miranda once again. I think it's the third time. I should keep a Miranda frozen tracker and I should put it on the screen that we can track the the number of times that Miranda freezes during the video edition of the hashtag Miranda show. What's sad is I don't know what she was going to bring up next. And so I can't even jump into that and, and tell you where she was headed. Um, I will say this. I crunched some numbers while we were doing this and 60% of the matches on night one of the Great American Bash are women's matches. And I think that's the second highest. I, I calculated. So the, the 2019 Royal Rumble that we were at, uh, 42% of those matches were women's matches. So in this case, we do have, um, 60% of the matches are women's matches. If you include the handicap match. So very, very excited. Look who's back. She's here. Ding dong. You know, it does that. Like when you come back in, it does a ding dong, like does a doorbell. Really? I didn't yeah. hear that. That's hilarious. That's so fun, you guys. Should know. Um, you know, I was thinking uh, as I was contemplating how unstable my connection is and other things about me that are unstable, uh, how Patrick O'Dowd was was really uh he called me incompetent earlier today. Remember he did, that? Didn't he? He did. And I said it was on brand. And I and I feel like I just put that out into the universe, and the universe said, Okay, yeah, no, we believe you. And universe said, hold, hold my beer. Yeah, hold my beer. We'll make, we'll make incompetence your brand. Genie wish. Boom. Is it still? Okay. You're still here. We still got you. We're still. We're still, we're still, we're still, still here. with us. All right. Still, still around. You're welcome. So you were going to go somewhere. And I ended up talking about the percentage of women's matches on the shows. And because 60% of these matches at the Great American Bash are women's matches. Uh, but I know you were probably headed into something different. So take us. I was only the, I was uh, going to express how excited I am to watch Sasha Banks in this match that we're going to see shades of old Sasha from 2015, 2016, uh, 2017. It was a 2015 to two. Trying to remember how far back, but uh, for really, it's going to be good. 
Yes, yes. We're gonna we're gonna see shades of Sasha Banks, the the true Sasha Banks, the boss that we have come to know and love. And it will, you know, who knows? I, I believe this will be a losing effort. I believe Eel will retain. Um, and maybe that continues the dynamic between her and, and Bailey as Bailey is two belts and Sasha's one belt because, uh, you know, hopefully they're they're going down a path to that. I'm going to trust the process with this. Uh, however, it is going to be a really, really good match. I truly feel like we're going to get the Sasha Banks of old that will come into this ring and not only be flamboyant and, and the boss that she is, but she's going to deliver a fantastic match. So that is also why I am very excited, why I do believe that this should main event. Um, and this is this is going to be something that um, is going to put a feather in NXT's cap when it comes to this counter-programming. I'd be shocked if it didn't main event. Uh, it's the only yeah. match of the five that I believe should main event a show. You could make an argument for the four way, maybe, especially it's an elimination match, which I think will be fun as well. But in all honesty, I, I, there, it's, it's, it's a no brainer that this, if it doesn't main event, then it's going to be this weird card order where there's not really a main event, but that match should main event. I don't think EO is going to win personally. I think that oh. the presence of Bailey is going to cause, and, and I do honestly think that we could. I know I think that the winner of the number one contender match will get their title shot the following week. I think there's an outside shot we might get Bailey versus EO the following week in, in some kind of match as well instead. So, so I think there's that opportunity. I think Bailey will be the reason that EO doesn't win. But I wanted to ask you, since since we like to go down this road sometimes, percentage chance that EO wins since you don't think she's going to win. Percentage chance that Io wins? Yes. That, uh, well, I think she is going to win. Okay. I have it backwards. You're right. So, so still, yeah, yeah. Percentage chance that Io wins? Uh, I'm going to say uh, 95%. Wow. You are strong on that one. Yeah. I'm going to yes. say 19% chance that Io wins. Dang. Really okay. So think- we're going to flip. I think it's just Bailey being there. I really think Bailey's going to be the reason why Sasha wins. They're still on the quote unquote main roster. Um, I don't think that EO's hurt by losing in a way that, that, you know, there's some nefarious means that go on. I also think if we're going to be stuck in the, in, in full cell for an empty, an empty full cell for a little while or in the performance center for Raw and SmackDown, there's more that you can get out of EO versus Sasha long term and 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 maybe do some programming there with with those two uh plus we know that sasha's got a championship match coming up soon enough um with uh with with oscar so i I don't think they're gonna have her lose for that reason either so yeah i do think sasha's gonna win but i think it's gonna be in a way that doesn't hurt eo at all we will see so what does that leave uh as the average um since i didn't plan this hang on i will tell you yeah. Oh, come on. You're not going to do math on my show and not expect me to call you out on it. Anything that requires thinking you're going to be called out on. 57% is the average. So is the slightly average. skewed right. towards you because, you know, 95% will do that. Hey, it's but, my show. I could put whatever percentage I want. And you did. And and you okay. did. Dude, the soundbite thing is super sensitive this week. I didn't even, I moved the mouse to pick this one. Played the other one. Like I don't know if it's a setting. I, I don't know if the sound bites just like I control the sound bites, and I get the feeling now the sound bites are trying to control me, and I'm scared. I'm fearful for this. Yeah. No. I mean, look, we're getting into nineteen week nineteen of COVID nineteen, and things are starting to align. Things that's are starting gonna to be, happen. 
that that's going to be that's going to have to be the theme of the week when we get to that in a couple of weeks. Week 19, yes. COVID-19. So two other matches uh, that we'll talk about briefly. Um, and by briefly, I mean, we're going to talk about one and not the other. Uh, we have Oni Lorkin versus Timothy Thatcher as one match. And then uh, a match we started to talk about offline and we said, wait, let's talk about it on the show. Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis. And this is a strap match. So I started by talking how this is a, a, a program I'm, I'm not totally getting, even though I understand the context of, of this uh, story with Roderick Strong being fairly scared of Dexter Loomis. Some of this stemming from when Dexter locked him in a trunk. They did some funny skits about, you know, Roderick overcoming his fear of trunks. Uh, and uh, even this past week, uh, I believe on, on NXT, um, Roderick and, and Dexter had a one one match they were supposed to. However, Roderick was still not feeling it. That's right the best away. way I could describe it. He was not feeling the match and he lost by countout. So now he truly has nowhere to run. Uh, they are going to be tied together with a strap. However, I, I'm I'm still not understand. I get Dexter. I get what they're trying to do with Dexter Loomis, but I'm not sure if I get him. I get what they're trying to do with Dexter Loomis. I just don't like it and don't care. And <laughs> and he just does nothing for me. And, and I was telling you offline, didn't like him as Sam Shaw. Didn't do anything for me there. Um, I, I don't, th- I think the creepy character can work. Uh, he's, he's kind of like, and, and I love the street profits, so it's not a great comparison. He's, he's a raw or SmackDown act. He's not an NXT act mm-hmm. to me yet. Here he is on NXT. I'll be honest with you. Karrion Cross, not an NXT act. He should be on raw or SmackDown. And that's where he's going to do his best stuff. You see it all the time. Velveteen dream. If he's not hasn't ruined his career, he will be a, a better act on raw or SmackDown. In, in the long run, it's just, and that's what Dexter Loomis strikes me as. He's a mid card raw or SmackDown act that's being shoehorned into stuff on NXT against one of the best professional wrestlers in the entire world, Roderick Strong, who is in a strap match because he ran away. And that just, it's, it's, to me, it's a waste of Roderick Strong. Now, am I biased? Absolutely, I'm biased. I'm 100% biased towards the Undisputed Era. We all know this. We all know why. But I just think there's better things you could do with Roderick Strong. And yeah, I, I, I absolutely hope, agree. And not only that, but the strap match is still going to involve him trying to run away. And I don't want to see Roderick Strong trying to run away. I want to see Roderick Strong trying to break people's backs and chopping the hell out of them and being Roderick Strong, the Roderick Strong that we all wanted in NXT for so long, the Roderick Strong that challenged for the NXT championship on a takeover once. Like this is, this is what I want to see. And, and so, you know what, to credit Patrick O'Dowd again, it's the playlist mentality. What they're doing with Roderick Strong is not on my playlist. It'll never be on my playlist. And I am going to go full IWC and complain because what they're doing is not on my playlist. And this is not on my playlist. And I don't like it. No, I, you know what? I, I think we expected more from you, NXT. Like, that's what happens when you constantly deliver a good product. When you don't, everyone's like, hmm. NXT, like, like you talked about counter programming, right? I would expect to see a strap match on Dynamite, not on NXT. Ooh. I would. I would. I would expect to see a. Strap and he match means that as an he means that as an insult. NXT, like he means that as an insult. Well, like, I mean that, it as an insult to NXT. I don't mean it as an insult to to AEW. AEW knows what. No, they're exactly. Going. You, they're going for violence. You expect that of AEW. Yeah. I, I think you you know 
a lot of, of the programming that they do in some ways is a little gimmicky. You know, I had a thought the other day and I, and I don't want this to sound as, as dumb. It's going to sound dumb um, and it's going to sound even mean or people may interpret this wrong, but I realized one of the reasons I like AEW is because sometimes I like stupid content. Um, and, and I own that a hundred percent and AEW had provided that sometimes. Um, I mean, look at this whole stadium stampede match. I mean, it was dumb content. Um, and not as a, as you know, it was, it, it, it was for idiots or anything. I mean, like stadium that. stampede just, like, was like fun. Half, was the original it's, halftime it's stupid heat fun, on steroids. Stupid funny. Like stadium stampede was the original halftime heat on steroids. The Attitude Era was full of dumb stuff, and people loved it. That's why I love it. Yeah. I love dumb stuff. Like that's just, it's that's a good just my aesthetic. It's a good wheelhouse for AEW to be in. I don't knock them for it at all. Yeah. I, I just think it's just – I'm like trying to figure out why NXT went strap match. Like did Roddy want to do a strap match? Did Triple H really want a strap match? Did they just want to be able to say first ever something? Is it because the history of the of the NWA where the Great American Bash began? I don't even know if there was a strap match in a Great American Bash back in the NWA version of it. Um, and, and they're just trying to bring that bit of history out. Who knows? Here's the crazy thing. Watch the match be great after everything that we've said. Like, watch this match steal hey, the damn show. Keep keep your expectations simmered sometimes, you know? Who knows? It is Roderick Strong. If anyone can make this match good, it's going to be Roderick Strong. I have the faith in Roderick Strong about this. I just am not a fan of the setup. I absolutely agree. No. I, I, I'm still not understanding Dexter Loomis. Um, it, I, I don't foresee him being in NXT that long, to be honest. I, I could see him being called up into another brand fairly soon. But you got to do something to establish him in NXT. And this could be a, a solid way of doing it. I understand why they're doing it. It's just not my playlist, not my cup of tea. Uh, so, you know, to, can each, I just, to each their own. Can I just say, because you're not going to want to talk about it, Oni Lorcan and Timothy Thatcher is going to be insanely good. Like, that's just... It, it's, no, I, I, I believe random... that as, as well. I, I skipped over that because we were kind of running short on time and uh, we wanted to get to the conversation that we, we had talked about offline. Yeah. I absolutely believe that. Um, I think it's going to be really good wrestling. Like, I think that I, when you have the counterbalance of, of a strap match, which is a little bit more gimmicky, you have Oni Lorcan and, and Timothy Thatcher. That's going to be really good wrestling like i would um, rather see oni lorkin and timothy thatcher in a strap match than roderick strong and dexter loomis that kind of makes more sense what after what timothy thatcher went through yeah. with with the pit match uh like i just i, I i'm surprised maybe they haven't built up to it yet you know i'm kind of now like expecting timothy thatcher to be in like a bunch of gimmick matches and make them awesome again like i, I, I think, just yeah, I, I i could see and and oni lorkin <laughs> campaigned for this match on twitter and got it. And, and I think that's a legit thing. And I, I, yeah, this, this could be the breakout match that only Lorcan's been needing. Who knows? Uh, it, it's it, yeah. very true. This because NXT needs the talent. Like who's the next challenger for Adam Cole or, or if it's, you know, if Keith Lee wins and you know, there's just, you're recycling through the same guys. We need fresh blood, especially on the men's side. The women's side, they've done a great job establishing new talent. Not so much on the men's side. You could make only Lorcan or Timothy Thatcher or both through this random match that no one saw coming. And it could also steal the show. That's the thing about this show. There's a lot of show stealing potential on this that can go either way. And I think for some of this show, it's going to be all or nothing. I think some of these matches might fall flat when we thought they were going to be good. And some of these matches could really surprise us. when We weren't expecting it. 
Mm-hmm. And I believe the same with AEW. You know, I do. I do believe that. Even though I know we mentioned that they're very tag heavy in night one, I believe a lot of those tag matches are going to be really good. Like I said, I I actually have somewhat of a decent expectation of uh, Jurassic Express and MJF and Wardlow, even though they may not get the time that uh, MJF and Jungle Boy got uh, at Double or Nothing. I already seen that potential, and I know the chemistry that they have, and it's something that I, I'm I'm really really looking forward to um because they're also really entertaining i love jurassic express i love you know uh luchasaurus being you know a dinosaur uh with a master's degree in medieval i mean those are all real things like i love just the real aspects about that and how they incorporate it into being the jurassic express like it's so many good things uh, about it, but uh, I, I truly believe that with both nights, which I foresee myself flipping back and forth between both channels at, at that uh, at that night. So, um, real quick, going into night two, which is the following night, week or uh, July eighth, um, AEW has announced uh, so far the card six matches in total, including John Moxley defending the AEW World Championship against Brian Cage. He won uh, the opportunity to face John Moxley uh, through the Casino Ladder Match. Keep wanting to say Battle Royal Casino Ladder Match at Double or Nothing. And this was really the first match that was announced for Fire Fest. Before we even knew what Fire Fest was yeah. going to be, this match was announced. Um, I'm I'm very interested to see what this match looks like. Uh, I I wasn't I, I can't. It's very hard for me to envision what a John Moxley versus Brian Cage looks like in my head. To be honest, I I'm not sure what that's going to be, but it's interesting enough where I definitely want to stay glued to my TV. I am one of the few people on this planet that enjoyed Brock Lesnar versus John Moxley or Dean Ambrose at the time. And to me, this has that kind of potential. Like Brian Cage, I would not be upset if he wins the match in the championship, to be 100% honest with you. Like you won't find a bigger Brian Cage fan. It's interesting how many people are shocked that Brian Cage hasn't been in WWE because he has been. Like he was in developmental years ago in FCW and didn't work out. And oh, I wonder why. If you look at him, like there's these drug tests they do, and and he would never pass one. But at the same time, like it's it's to me, I think he would be. You know, I loved him in Lucha Underground. I I loved him everywhere, and and I think that. I would love for him to win this match. I hope this match happens. I don't know Moxie's situation, especially with, with Renee Young and, and having coronavirus. Like it's just, it, it, hopefully the match does go off. If not, it can do it at a different date, you know, air on the side of caution, their safety. But yeah, I'm down with this. I think this match is going to be crazy. I think it's going to be the best kind of John Moxie match. And I think it could really, I don't know if AEW is in a position to have a star making match like for, for Brian Cage, but if they were, I think this would be it. Oh, Miranda's frozen again. Time number four. I got, I got the clap of the week. You're now. Gonna... Oh, she's back. She's back, everybody. Welcome back. Connection is unstable. Yes, you are. I mean, yes, yes. Yes, is. yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Luckily, it was right when I was segueing into another match. So we have Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. 
this is when I talk about stupid things that I love. I just love Orange Cassidy. Uh, and I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to feel ashamed about it. And again, this is something that I've actually been surprised at the buildup that I've uh, been, I've liked more than I thought I was going to like. Somehow Chris Jericho is making this buildup with Orange Cassidy feel a lot more real than just Orange Cassidy not caring um, in, in just the, the beat downs, but also Orange Cassidy fighting back. Um, I, I think that this Jericho will probably win because uh, it's Chris Jericho. However, uh, I don't think Orange Cassidy is going to lose in any way, shape, or form. No, I honestly uh, think that I, th- if I had to bet money, I'd pick Orange Cassidy. Ooh. It just seems like a Jericho thing to do to put over. Remember when like The Rock wouldn't put over, you know, Booker T, but then puts over the Hurricane? Like it's kind of that vibe to me. Is that I feel like. I could see Jericho wanting to give the nod to Orange Cassidy. And I know there's no crowd, but uh, the entire internet would pop huge time if if Orange Cassidy were to pull out the victory. Just like they did when Orange Cassidy did, you know, stop being Orange Cassidy and just completely laid into Chris Jericho. So I yeah, I could actually see Orange Cassidy winning. In fact, I would yeah. I'd pick Orange Cassidy. I would. Ooh, interesting. I know, crazy. Um a few of these I'll skip over, to be honest, because of time and uh, super not that invested in them. Lance Archer versus Joey Janela, Nyla Rose versus who knows? It's just announced that she will be uh, there at Fighter Fest at night two. So who knows what this will look like? Um, Colt Cabana and the Dark Order versus SCU, which that will probably be a really, really fun match. Um, again, the Colt Cabana and the Dark Order haven't been super uh, drawn into that storyline, but anytime SCU is on my TV, I, I'm a happy camper. So yeah. I don't care who Can't go is. wrong. Can't go wrong. We have the big six-man or eight-man tag, I apologize, uh, for uh, week two. We have uh, FTR, Cash and, and Dax, uh, teaming up with the Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers, who made their return after a uh, brief hiatus from the tag team division. I mean, really, I just want to talk about just the weight of, of this uh, match. I mean, you, we talked uh, earlier on uh, what was formerly called Chair Shot Radio, now the Greg DeMarco Show. I don't know what the show is going to be called next week. Um, Me neither. Some of our, fa- our favorite pro wrestling matches. And you talked in particular about uh, DIY and um, what were they even previously called? Oh, my gosh. The Revival. <laughs> the Revival. Uh, sorry, it is late. Uh, and and uh, that being one of... Uh, They've had several matches in NXT, and I forget which one specifically you picked out. I picked uh, um, Takeover Toronto, the two Takeover three Toronto, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, highly anticipated. Uh, maybe not in the format that we expected, that we were expecting. Maybe more of a one-on-one match with maybe say the Young Bucks, but we're getting them in an eight-man tag. Um, I, I get why they're doing this. Maybe they're building into a larger story with the the Young Bucks, but. I don't know. Is it is it going to be too much? Is is it? I know that they're probably going to be set to having one of the best matches, not only of the card but the entire year. And with this caliber of tag teams, it's going to be really, really good. But is it also? Can it be too much to for for 
in just one match? Um, we'll see. I don't know if it's too much for this one match. I, I just wonder. We all know this ends with the Young Bucks versus FTR. Like we just know mm-hmm. that. And when you know it's going to happen, there's a there's a point where it becomes too when it takes too long. And I don't think we're there yet. I think if we don't come out of this setting that up, then I think it's taking too long. Um, I don't know if we can even stretch it to all out or whatever that looks like when they do it. Uh, I, I, they can probably wrestle on dynamite before that happens and still wrestle it all out. Um, but I think you got to have probably FTR turn here to, to make that happen. This match is going to be fantastic though. For an eight man tag team match, you got three of the best tag teams in the world. Plus the young bucks. Like it's amazing. And, and going to be something. I'm just kidding. Ouch. Um, Hey, the butcher and the blade, so underrated. No, I'm joking. Um, all four teams, honestly, are great. The butcher and the blade yeah. are underrated and have been probably underutilized. But how do you use everybody AEW has? You just can't. Uh, it's yeah. just too much talent. But yeah, this one, if it wasn't for Moxley and Cage, this one would probably, or Jericho and Orange Cassidy, to be honest with you, this one would close the show. But yeah, this is going to be insane. It's weird that this show has six matches announced and one of them is this eight man tag. Like I feel like the cards are a little unbalanced in terms of time and some of these matches are going to have to get cut short. Probably Archer and Janela and Nyla Rose and whatever she does. Um, but to me, it's, it's, yeah, this match is, is I'm excited about it. You know, I, I love to be critical of the young bucks. But they're they're better than I give them credit for sometimes in a joking way. Uh, but I'm excited to see FTR in this match, and I'm excited to see where they go. But I think they got to move. They got to move on this quickly before it becomes what you said, and it's just too much. And NXT, uh, on the other hand, has not announced uh, an additional card for July 8th, even though they will be doing part two of the Great American Bash. The only match that has been announced so far is the winner-take-all match. Um, Adam Cole, who is the current NXT champion, versus Keith Lee, who is the current North American champion. Only one man gets to have both championships. So, I mean... As, as the resident Adam Cole expert slash Adam Cole fan slash Adam Cole uh, worshiper, whatever, uh, real quick, what, I mean, how are you going, how do you feel going into this? Like you as, as a fan of Adam Cole, but also no, he's going up against Keith Lee. That, that, like, you probably don't feel that easy going into this match, right? Like, no. You are, I can't hear a thing you say. Are you on mute? Yep, sure was. Oh, so, dang. Yep. One for Greg. That's right. It's one to Seven five. Seven for me. So it's fine. Um, I'm scared for Adam Cole for this match. Not for his physical well-being. We've seen the you know, Adam Cole or Keith Lee already sent him into the crowd once back when they had crowds. And it was a beautiful spot. And Adam Cole jumped into it and it worked. Um, I, I think he could lose. I really do. I'm sure we'll talk about it more next week, but I, I just, I feel like Keith Lee is on this unstoppable role and I, it doesn't make sense for him to lose right now. And mm. that pains me to say that because I'm not ready for Adam Cole to not be the NXT champion. Cause I don't know what they would do with him otherwise. Now, maybe they have something great up their sleeves. Who know? We never really got Finn Balor versus Adam Cole properly. And I think there's still a lot of money in that. If they were touring, that would be tearing the house down everywhere. 
the the all or nothing aspect really intrigues me because if Keith Lee lost the match but was still North American champion, you can do that. Like I do wonder if there's some kind of weird finish that's going to be involved, and maybe this is going to stretch out beyond Great American Bash with uh, titles being vacant or held up or, or just something weird, a double pin or something like that. Who knows? Um, but I am afraid that this might end with with my precious Adam Cole no longer being your and my NXT champion. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Adam Cole, baby. From Pro Wrestling Illustrated. 2019 Wrestler of the Year. Do you think we're going to have a 2020 Wrestler of the Year? Are we going to even get that far? Absolutely we will. And I don't know who it's going to be. But absolutely, we we will probably Cody Rhodes. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know who it would be though. I, there's still a lot of year left. I mean, I think you could. Oh yeah, like it's, it's a painful reminder that we have a lot of year left. No, it seems like 20, 2020 has been three years worth already, and we still got more to go. Um, I would say Drew whoever McIntyre. whoever becomes wrestler, you know, like 2020 wrestler of the year. You've earned it. Like you survived the pandemic. You survived the world ending. You survived probably layoffs and all that. Like it truly is a game of survival. You survived week point. 19 of COVID-19, which you already know is going to be really scary. And who knows Something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. So whoever the 2020 wrestler of the year from Pro Wrestling Illustrated is, super congratulations. Yeah. To Good you. on you, sir. Good on you. Or ma'am. Who knows? Well, this is the year. That's true. They, it's weird. They do wrestler of the year, women's wrestler of the year still. That's probably not the way to go anymore, but who knows? No, I was going to say Charlotte Flair, LOL, but she may be out on a hiatus. Or... Yeah, who I knows? wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that. No, if she became no, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Let her take the crown. Okay, That's so two, two claps, claps of the week this. now. You've done the clap twice. Well, it's my show. I can have however many claps I want. I literally made notes about the clap of the week so I can put it in the show description now from now on. So, yeah, no, I have multiple clubs of the week. That's fine. That's fine. It's my show. I'll do what I want. So thank you, everyone, for uh, listening and watching us as we do a preview uh, of AEW's Fighter Fest and NXT Great American Bash. We will be back next week with some of the results of night one. Also, hopefully some more information as to the matches uh, the NXT announces for night two of Great American Bash. And pretty much whatever happens in the world of pro wrestling, uh, we will be back with you. Uh, if you are interested, you can follow Greg DeMarco at ShareShotGreg on social media. You can find him on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, not Tout, not MySpace, um, not AOL Instant Messenger. He is not on any of those, but yes, the, the core ones you can. Uh, you can follow me, the hashtag Miranda, on Instagram and Facebook. I am not Twitter. That is why I'm the Twitterless heroine. It's a thing. So, you know, there, there, there you go. Um, I, I didn't tell you, Greg, uh, I did somehow convince one of my other, uh, broadcasting colleagues, Brendan Barr from luciacentral.com. Uh, he is now taking messages for me on his Twitter page and it's also on his Twitter. So it's three, two, one t-shirt guy. If anyone needs to get a hold of me, he is taking messages from me through his Twitter. Yes. So uh, just just wanted to, to let you know, just use the hashtag Miranda and Brendan will then relay that message to me. Oh, man, that's so funny. I, I, 
You know, it, hashtag Miranda was literally a, a one-time joke. It really was. And and we have a show now. Yeah, so you have a show. It's your Instagram handle. It's now your Facebook. Like, you just never know what's going to happen when you make a joke. You just really don't. Yes. You never know. Especially it's a good one. And you can follow the Chair Shot at Chair Shot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Again, that is at Chair Shot Media. And always, you can go to thechairshot.com in order to get all of your latest wrestling news, analysis, and opinions. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And lastly, don't forget to uh, listen not only to this show, but all of the shows on the Chairshot Radio Network. They are streaming through iTunes, Spotify, Podbay. This video will be on YouTube. And uh, just subscribe, rate, let us know your thoughts and opinions on these shows. Let us know what you'd like and maybe some future topics you'd like for us to cover. So... Uh, for Greg DeMarco, I'm speaking for him because this is my show. Uh, this is Miranda Morales. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to always keep it soft style. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.